0: Get
1: <laughs> Hello, boils and ghouls,
0: creeps and
1: titties. It's your old pal, the Crit Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horror. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick or Treaters Podcast, part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network, movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of the Trick or Treaters Podcast. I am your host, Kyle. And as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Jr. Jr. How are you doing today, buddy? Well, as we are recording, it is officially
1: June, and where I live in the the southwest part of the United States, it is a, in my opinion, officially summer because it is hot. We are currently in hundred plus degree temperatures, and it is cooking outside.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's pretty warm here too, but i'm not complaining I, I i myself love the warm weather i'm i i hate winter and so i look forward to spring and summer
1: see and i'm the opposite i have a love-hate relationship with winter because i like i love the cold but the cold doesn't love me i can never get used to this heat um it's a dry heat which i prefer over humidity because humidity drives me crazy um, i have family that live in texas and mexico and anytime we saw them in the summer i just felt like just con like i couldn't breathe and stuff like that but yeah um yesterday i, w- I had to be out and about to do my civic duty as being a juror uh, excuse me a juror so just being outside i was looking at the temperature gauge in my car and the temperature said it was uh 117 degrees So that was the temperature inside the car when I turned it on. I was like, like I said, it was cooking. So it's going to be a very long, hot summer. But looking forward to some films that are coming out in theaters in the next, uh, as we mentioned before, probably mid to late June. Uh, Movies are going to be dropping like flies pretty soon.
0: Oh yeah, there's there's quite a few I'm looking forward to. Uh, One that's already out that I haven't got to see yet. But I'm hoping to soon is a quiet place too. Uh, uh, Our friend, our friend CC and and Teddy uh, uh, saw it the other day, and both of them said it was really good. So I'm hoping I can go to theaters and watch that soon.
1: Yeah, um, actually, my sister as well. She uh, she saw it this week and and said a lot of good things about it. Um, you know that's, and so I'm looking forward to seeing that as well.
0: Uh, and then the yeah, one, two, and I think it's this this Saturday or this or or Friday or it's sometime this week. The Conjuring: The Devil Made Me Do It drops on HBO Max and in theaters.
1: I need to go back. um I was not a fan of the first Conjuring. And so what? I didn't watch. It's, it, what it was, it was a stupid line that one of the characters said in it. Um, one of the guy, the guy exorcist. Uh, I can't remember his name in the show. And the, it had, to, the line was, when they're going through a about like, you know, you know, ghosts and haunted spirits. He's like, what the, the homeowner said, what if we leave? And the guy said, you know, being haunted is kind of like stepping on gum. You just take it everywhere with you. And I was like, that is one of the most fucking corniest lines I've ever heard in my life. Like, I just, I, and you know, for me, like I've always said, I, I've just been very, I'm very biased towards slasher films. So things that are not a part of like that slasher genre, it's, it's kind of like, I, I kind of have to fill it out. You know, I can, you know, there's some vampire movies I love. There's some, you know, some demon films I love. Um, you know obviously we're doing our found footage film you know i enjoyed paranormal activity the first one i thought the second one was pretty good but yeah the conjuring just did not do it for me and so but i am you know obviously with our podcast and our friends you know i definitely plan on going back we're watching the first one catching up and then you know getting ready for the next one to come out
0: have you seen the conjuring 2
1: so i haven't seen anything past the first one because i i just i just poo-pooed on it i was like yeah yeah this isn't gonna this is this wasn't for me you know i i'll give you one that i another one that i loved i think it's probably that similar genre as conjuring was sinister i fucking love sinister i I love you know ethan hawkins sinister i loved um i'd never say his name correctly his he had a a small minor role vincent D'Arfino. People remember from Full Metal Jacket, Law and Order, um, Criminal Attent. He was the, I can't remember, he had a, a role in the Daredevil, the Daredevil uh, Netflix show. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a small role in there. Um, I mean, I thought Sinister was great, especially the ending I thought was amazing. The Evil Dead. I love Evil Dead. I love the remake Evil Dead. But yeah, just the conjuring just did not do it for me.
0: Well, uh well I'm I'm glad you said you're going to revisit that cuz it's definitely worth a revisit but who knows it, it just maybe maybe it just didn't click with you but uh I, I'm i I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that I'm I'm hoping to, to watch one of them at least this weekend and I guess the other one the next weekend so but other than that there's quite a few like great movies coming out just this this whole year in general I'm looking forward to uh in July The first week of July, I'll be be on vacation. I'll be at the beach with my family. But uh, the the new Purge movie will will be out in theaters, and I plan on on catching it while I'm down there as well.
1: Yeah, it's The Forever Purge, if I'm not mistaken, is the name of the film. I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Um, Yeah,
0: it looks very interesting.
1: And so... Well, I mean... to to kind of go into that one of the films um in july i saw the trailer dropped i believe uh late last week it's coming out on july 16th it's the sequel to escape room it's called the escape room two tournament of champions we're seeing a basically it's a continuation uh based on based on the trailer continuation of the first film with new escape rooms some new traps and i was um i actually you know i kind of like the first one i thought the first one i thought was really good i thought it was a very intriguing film so i'm interested in seeing the second one again excuse me seeing the second one and see the new traps and the new the rooms they have so um like i guess so that drops on july 16th that was um like i said the trailer it's out there on youtube now if you go look for it Um excited for that one
0: yeah yeah i'll uh i'll check that one out too uh I- I've seen the first one. I honestly wasn't a big fan of it. It honestly felt like more or less great value saw to me.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> but... the one thing I will say, even because, and to that point, saw that was another, the other thing I liked about saw is the new traps that they created in saw, the new games they played. That's what I thought was always the intriguing part, and I think yeah. that I think that's why escape room. I mean, it's not something that I. I don't own, but if it was on, I would probably I may. And there was nothing else. I would sit down to watch it. So to see that continuation of like newer rooms, I thought you know that's what I'm intrigued on. I will say, um, because there's so many films, I I I won't lie and be. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go see it opening day. I probably would wait for it to come out on DVD or or you know streaming services um, for me to rent. You know either through Prime or Vudu. But it's one definitely one I'm keeping my back pocket to look at.
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, speaking of films, uh, you know, th- this is a horror movie podcast. Uh, th- 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 this week is is June, or I mean, a, 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 This week starts our June schedule. And speaking of June, June happens to be a a a wonderful month. It is Pride Month. And, uh, I'm very happy for pride month, uh, to all of our, to all of our LGBTQ listeners, uh, out there. We just want to say happy pride month to you. Uh, you are loved. You are, uh, you are valid and be proud of who you are. No, don't let anyone say otherwise. There's no room for any hate or, or, or bigotry. In, the, in the horror community or in life in general.
1: And I mean, I couldn't say it better myself, Kyle. Um, for us, you and I, you know, with our Trick or Treaters podcast, we are part of Slash Slashing Cast Network. Our network is a very diverse and inclusive network. Um, I myself, you know, am a proud Mexican, and in our community, we have. Um, members who are part of the LGBTQ community. Um, and one of the things that we've done to celebrate Pipe Month is the Slashing and Cast Network got together and collaborated on uh, merchandise that people, if they go to the Slash and Cast uh, Network page, um, that is... Yes,
0: it's on their... I uh, hey, made a Tee Public store. Yes. Yeah and search it on there.
1: If you go to their Twitter, it's at SNC network. That is at SNC network. They have a um their store, and that is where you can find it. And it's horrors for everybody. And the, the thing that's for me the most important part of this shirt is this shirt was put together uh and created by LGBTQ podcasters in our network. They had the influence. They put in their input to what they wanted the design to be. And our good friend uh, from Santa, Dennis, Santa Carla, Brian, uh, put the fish and touches together and created the design based on their input. I think that to, and that to me is why I'm, I love this shirt so much. It is people who are... Put together by them with their input, um, content creators, and us supporting them as their friends. And it wasn't some corporation. And, you know, with all due respect to, you know, people out there, whether it's Pop Funko or Major League Baseball or anybody else, but this is homegrown. This is from, you know, LGBTQ content creators and allies who work together and collaborate to put this out there and we don't make any money podcasting. And to be quite frankly, even our personal merchandise that we have, we don't make any money off of that either. You know, maybe a few cents, but all with this shirt, all the proceeds we make off the shirt is being donated to the Trevor project and the, it gets better project. And like I said, I couldn't be more proud of it because it was, you know, It is a part of the Slashcast Network. It represents the Slashcast Network, the content creators, um, and people in the LGBTQ community who are content creators. And, I mean, every time I see the shirt, I can't help but smile because I know that that was our colleagues, our friends, people that we love that had that input and developed that shirt. It wasn't just somebody slapping a pride flag on something for 30 days. And that's the beauty part of it. This isn't just for 30 days. This shirt, this merchandise, and you can buy a t-shirt, you can buy a hoodie, you can buy a mug with the design is up all year round. And it will continue to raise funds to be donated to those two causes.
0: Yep. It's a, it's an amazing thing. I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, <laughs> we were able to uh, uh, get this done and get it and get everything, uh, get everything set up for it and everything. Uh and uh, her design is is, is really neat. Uh, Brian did a wonderful job on it. It says horror is for everyone, but uh, the everyone has uh, all the different prod color flags on there.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I, I don't want to single anybody out. That's not, you know, that's up to them if they want to single them out. But there were people, content creators, who are part of the LGBTQ community that they, like I said, there was an idea and they said, no, we want it to look this way, we want it to be this way. And they put in their creative input. And based on that creative input, uh, Brian, you know, put those input together and created the design for it. Like I said, it isn't something that and you see it all the time. And like I said, it's not to disrespect anybody or anything like that. But you know, I saw, you know, for example, Fright Rags. I love Fright Rags. They have great merch. I have bought merchandise from fright rags, love, love them. They, you know, they partnered with Fangoria. And they put a shirt together. It's a black shirt and it's Fangoria, the logo Fangoria, and it's just pride colors. And like, that's cool. And that's great. And that's awesome. But this isn't that for 30 days. This is something, like I said, you know, that LGBTQ content creators designed, you know, gave their input in the creative design of it. And Brian put it together because he's amazing what he does. And it's around all year round where, it will be a continual you know, fundraiser to for the It Gets Better and Trevor Project. Like I said, I'm just over the moon about it. And, you know, unfortunately, there is bigotry, there is homophobia, there's transphobia that's out there. And, you know, I personally dealt with it today as I was, you know, pushing, the, you know, as I was advertising the shirt in some groups on Facebook. And I had people kind of coming at me. And I don't deal with that bullshit um, because I have friends... Um, I have family members. I have people I work with who are part of the community that I love, and they mean so much to me. And as an ally um, and as somebody who, like I said I you know, I am Mexican who's dealt with similar you know bigotry, racism in our community, I don't tolerate that nonsense. and um, and the most important thing is to be proud of who you are, um, not just today, not just this month, but every single day of the year. Because you are valid, you are important, and there are people there that love and value you
0: and support you. Yep. Could not have said it better myself, JR. Freaking amazing, man. Love it.
1: So, like I said, go to it's if you go to Slash Class Network, it's at SNC Network. That's their Twitter page. You will find their T store and you'll be able to find the Horror is for Everybody design. And you can purchase a t-shirt um, in various different colors. You can get a mug, you can get a sticker, you can get a hoodie. And I know I bought my shirt. I know you buy your shirt. We've had a lot of our people in the community bought shirts. I've had friends who told me they were going to buy the shirt um, or have already bought it. I mean, so for people who I actually value their opinion and think they're great human beings, they all when they all loved it and thought it was great. And that's what matters most to me.
0: Oh, yeah. I uh i purchased mine a couple of days ago i'm i'm I, i'm so uh, excited for, for it to come in i cannot wait to wear it around
1: it was funny though because you bought your because we all started talking about our colors i bought heather gray because i like gray and you had said you bought white one of my friends said kyle why you got to be basic for it and i'm like <laughs> i left i thought it was funny i can't do white because white me and white don't go together that's why i do at least gray but um but Matt looks great in every color. I mean, what there was... Somebody said they got it in purple. Someone said they got it in turquoise. I heard green. Um, that's the beauty thing about the shirt You can get it in any color you want. So I may... I think I may have to get a... I may get a green one
0: later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got it in, you know, in basic white. I, I wanted to get it in black, you know, because typical goth. But, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but unfortunately... It's typical but goth unfortunately, sense. what...
1: That's typical it wasn't goth, available. I'm sorry, Let me cut you a typical goth yeah. slash wrestling fan. is black. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, uh unfortunately it wasn't available in that, so I had to go with white. But yeah, I'm 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 super excited for it to come in.
1: It's okay, Kyle. We you we gotta diversify because you know, you I mean, I'm not goth, but being a wrestling fan. All of our shirts are always black. And that's why I'm like, you know, now as I got older, I was like, I, I beg for anything that's not black, like gray, green, yellow, <laughs> like, please give me another color.
0: Yeah. Like my, my closet it's mostly just black shirts. Occasionally there's like one white t-shirt in there and soon to be another. And then there's one purple t-shirt, which is my Scream Queens t-shirt.
1: You know what? I just bought, when I purchased my horse, everybody's shirt, I just purchased the Scream Queens shirt in purple too.
0: Oh, we both have a purple screen point shirt. Yeah. Heck yeah! So, it looks good. It looks good with purple. It, it really does because I
1: went through the gamut looking at it, and it looks
0: perfect in purple. Yeah, it's great. I can't. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so you know, speaking of June, you know, it, 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 it's a new month here on the here on the podcast, and you know, as always, every now and then we'll we like to do a theme month and. I can't believe you let me do this theme because this isn't a genre that a lot of people really like. I honestly used to hate this genre. I couldn't stand uh, movies of of this genre, but I've slowly over the years have grown fond of them and found some ones uh, throughout that I really, really like. We are doing uh, found footage films for, for June. And. We're starting off with today's episode, which is on Grave Encounters. But before we we get into that, though, like if you follow our Twitter, uh, at Trick or Treat Pod, uh, you'll know that we tweeted out that we are starting a new segment here on the podcast. We are going to get questions from our listeners that you submit and answer them on the pod. And uh, uh, for the first episode, we'll, we'll... we have a couple, and I gotta say these are gonna be pretty fun. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and get straight into it. Uh, first question comes from our um, our wonderful uh, our wonderful editor uh, Carmen Childers uh, at at Carmen Elm Childers on Twitter. Uh, Carmen says, "Which horror movie would make for the best full length live action cartoon movie? Only one character can remain as a real life character." So basically we're thinking in the realms of like the Space Jam movie. Hmm. This one is is tough. Uh best full length live action cartoon movie, but a horror movie. Oh man. Uh I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger as the only real life character actor.
1: That's a good one. I mean, I can completely see it, especially, you know, some of those, when you get into the sequels, you know, especially um, like dream warriors, I I completely can see a live action Freddy with a cartoon um, characters in there. And I think the beauty of the thing is with cart cartoon is a very like loose term, in my estimation, because it could be, it could be in the essence of a Scooby Doo, or it could be in the essence of a like James and the Giants Peach like clay at clay, clay animation. So I think it's that's the kind of the, the beauty part is that I feel like I have an out to make it a little bit better because, you know, thinking I'm like, oh God, how could you make like let's make texas chase All massacre like space jam like that's just like that looney tunes cartoon is just kind of very difficult to put together um but I, I i think that is that is a very i think that's a good one i think it could work nightmare on elm street scooby-doo crossover
0: i love it just have have uh have freddie as the only real life a- actor of course played by robert england chasing around the scooby gang in cartoon form that i would i'd buy the first i'd be the first one in the theaters to see that uh, excellent question carmen uh, g- carmen has a track record of putting of of, of asking really awesome questions uh, on numerous of my on uh other podcasts i do as well uh, me and him, of course, do a, a TNA podcast together, with, along with our friend Davis and uh, Carmen. comes well, – he usually get questions, and and some of them are are really interesting. And then he he sometimes comes off some off the top of his hand. And then for my AEW podcast, he asks uh, really interesting questions as well. To the point that one of my co hosts, uh, one of my co hosts, MJ, uh, actually uh, uh, questions whether or not Carmen does drugs. Because of the questions that he asked. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for the question, Carmen. You're awesome as always. The next question well, comes you from mine. Do you want my input? Oh, oh, did you not give yours? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Because I was
1: I was too busy putting yours over. You didn't get to hear mine. Oh, okay,
0: okay. Uh, well, anyway, sorry, JR, Go ahead. Um,
1: I think. Um, the, I'm kind of stuck at one part of it, but I think Puppet Master would be a good a good one. Um, I think Pub Ma- specifically Puppet Master 3, Toulon's Revenge, where he fights the Nazis. And I could see a part of it where the only live-action character is um, Major Krauss, who is the main um, antagonist, played by Richard Lynch, where he... Is the only one that is live action, and at the end of the movie, when they kill him, it turns his character into a dead cartoon character. Like as he literally, like as he's like as they start getting into him, he starts bleeding. All of a sudden, like the blood turns into like a red car, like a cartoon bleeding, and then his character, you know, becomes a cartoon, and then as, as he dies. So that's that's my pick is Puppet Master. A specifically, Pub Master Three: Lines Revenge.
0: That's I love it because I'm uh, I'm actually a big fan of the Puppet Master series. I, I kind of grew up on it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely down for that 100. Great, that's that's it's a great that's a great one. Uh, our next question, and hopefully this time I I will remember for Jr. to wait for Jr. to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question comes from our amazing friend uh, Cece of the Scream Queens podcast who is also part of the Slashcast podcast network Uh, You can follow Cece on Twitter at Tron and you can follow the Scream Queens at Scream Queens 85 on Twitter Cece asks Favorite horror movie sequel of all time You know this one's a tough one because there's there's quite a few sequels that I absolutely love, but I'm gonna have to go with my favorite Friday the Thirteenth uh uh sequel, and that is Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven: a New Blood, which a lot of fans really which which uh, it it has a bit of a following, but it, it seems to uh, usually get put in the category of it not being that great of a sequel. But I've I've always loved seven seven's always been my favorite i love tina as the uh uh, i love tina in the film i think even though you know some could say she's basically a ripoff of carrie i think she's a great character and i mean she went toe-to-toe with jason Voorhees. i mean she's a badass so mine is definitely part seven friday 13th part seven the new blood jr
1: um that's a great one i mean that's one of my favorite ones for my favorite friday 13 films um you know i think one of the things is quickly i'll say with friday 13 part seven and i believe nightmare and elm street part four the dream master i believe they're two of the films that they gave us a protagonist that could you know really go toe to toe with you know those two characters of the main antagonists of jason and freddie respectively and i and that's Brings interesting thing because you're no longer used to your main protagonist like stumbling and falling and running away from the bad guy. They're actually like stepping up and going after them, you know, toe to toe. And so I I really do like that one. Um, for me going to my favorite franchise, I'm gonna select Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers, starring Donald Pleasance. Ellie Cornell and a very young Daniel Harris, who recently just celebrated her birthday. Had yes, she Daniel did Harris, who I'm, I just, you and I always talk about how I don't think she ever got a, enough credit enough due. In she, she really didn't.
0: Um, yeah. But I'm, I am happy that she, uh, she got to do s- some of the hatchet films and uh, I absolutely love her in the seat c- in Cino evil sequel, Ceno evil two as well. So, uh, and and Rob Zombie's Halloween, I think she, she she's good in that as well. Both of them. So this film, um, for me, it has
1: three really good characters. I mean, the other Terry Michael Myers. I just I, I'm such a huge fan of Donald Pleasance in the Halloween franchise, and um, you know it's unfortunately as each movie comes along, he gets a little bit older, a little older. And by the time you see him in Halloween Six, it was towards the end of his life before he passed away. But he's, you know, he's such a great, you know, protagonist towards, against Michael Myers. But, you know, in a role that is, I think Ellie Cornell's role as Rachel Carruthers, um, as the big sister in Halloween 4, matches up against Jamie Lee Curtis's role in the original Halloween. I thought she did a very good job portraying that character and and being in this movie. And it really was a shame on what they did to her character in the fifth sequel, in, in The Revenge of Michael Myers, Halloween 5. But in this one, I mean, I think she really did an amazing job. And a young Jamie, Lee, Jamie Lloyd, Daniel Harris, just has great emotion and facial expressions in this entire film that these three characters together with, you know, Michael Myers, I just think is a tremendous movie. Um, I enjoyed, you know, when I think one of the unsung heroes of the Halloween movies are, is the two sheriffs and this one is Sheriff Meeker. I think Sheriff Meeker, you know, with him interacting with Dr. Loomis was, uh, especially with his daughter in the film and the boyfriend uh, is just hilarious. So yeah, I, I really do enjoy Halloween 4. It gets a step over Halloween 2 for me.
0: Yeah, uh I'd have to probably agree with you there. Uh I do like Halloween 2. Uh I like to watch Halloween 1 and 2 together as you know they take place on the same night, so it's 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 a fun it's a fun experience just watching them back to back. But but definitely 4 definitely takes the cake as far as the halloween sequels for me
1: it's i love it so much this is actually um towards the end there's a scene um where jamie and rachel are in a truck together as michael myers is coming after them and i have an eight by ten that i recently got that is personalized to me from both daniel harris and ellie cornell uh from that movie they are two i i call them for me my stream queens are those two um Sydney Prescott, and F. Campbell, and Jamie Lee Curtis, who are my four scream queens that I love with to death and and a big part of Ellie and Jamie and excuse me, Ellie and Danielle is because of Halloween four.
0: Oh, yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with you there. Definitely Danielle It's always been one of my uh one of my screen queens as well. Um uh, thank you CC for the question the next question comes from and uh, I apologize beforehand if I butcher if I'm butchering your name comes from totally drunk at totally drunk on Twitter uh, they ask which horror movies brought you the best in theater experience for me going, um, uh, the most the best in theater experience for a horror movie i've seen in recent time would probably have to be 2018's Halloween i i was so stoked for that movie and going to the theater you know just sitting down yeah, i i went to a matinee it was just me and like maybe a couple people in the theater at the time cuz it was like it was like an early Sunday. It was like an early Sunday matinee, so I had to sit down, give me a big old thing of popcorn, big a uh, big drink, and just sit and enjoy the Halloween remake in theaters. Had an absolute amazing time. Loved it. Uh, really looking forward to recreating it, uh, that experience whenever uh, the new Halloween comes out in October how about you jr
1: it has to be Halloween 2018 too um yes so there for me I, let me go with a little, little bit in depth so i i mean it's not a secret how much i love michael myers i think michael myers is the greatest you know horror villain of all time i just it's a lot of people like how could you say that it's you know keep it short it's just the mystery behind it like the this you know person who's an unstoppable killing machine for no minor reason no malice or remorse just nonstop you know nonstop violence that i just i'm infatuated with and you know you saw h2o 1998 and then I'm not very negative on Halloween Resurrection as a lot of people. It's not a. It's not a good movie. It's at all. It's a garbage. It's, f- I. I think the reason is, is I I don't shit all over it as much as everybody else is because, I tolerated the 2000 and I think it's 2007 Rob Zombie's Halloween his his remake. And I utterly, hated and was annoyed about what rob zombies halloween 2 in 2009 and you know waiting almost a decade and you hear about there was production issues and there was problems with the script and you start hearing leaks about i think one of the stories for the next sequel is going to be you know michael myers was on death row and he's going to be electrocuted and he escaped that was one like the plots i heard um and then finally it's just you hear danny mcbride i'm like danny mcbride like The dude from like Pineapple Express, like Downward Bound, Eastbound and Down, or whatever it's called, like you know, he's gonna, you know, be responsible for this movie, like. And then you hear Jamie Lee Curtis is gonna be attached to it, and you're just like, okay, this has, this has potential, and you, you know. And so you're just sitting there and the movie comes on, you're just like, please be good, please be good, please be good. And you see the end, it's just, it's like they got it. Like everything from beginning to end, they really, they made it its own movie, but they really encompassed the essence of the original Halloween. And they took it to, like I always said, if if you took Halloween 1978, you're like, take this movie and make it, you know, again but today this would be the movie like this would be a to me like the closest thing to a remake of the original halloween because of how it got like you always talk about how cinema back then you know it was more conservative like you couldn't have as much score as you could today and to get a radar rating or also be nc-17 today those you know those guidance are kind of more lax so it was a very violent film it was a i it took that violence to another level. It gave you what you needed for Michael Myers. The characters were great. Uh, I loved Laurie Strode's daughter in the film. I loved her granddaughter in the film. Um, it's just it's, everything about it was amazing. The only downside, and it's it's very minuscule because there's so many timelines of Halloween, is it completely disregard even two. It completely disregarded that and it made you be like, it just literally was 40 years after the original. So in the original, you don't know Laurie Strode is the sister of Michael Myers. So if there is no two, there's no four, five, six, H two O resurrection, all we know by disregarding that is Laurie Strode was for some reason attacked by Michael Myers. And that's all that's it. And he comes back. That's the only thing I would have liked them to kept the fact that they were related. I understood why they didn't. Cause it gave it even more mystery. But other than that, I just thought the film was just perfect. And I, we really should have, I'm, I'm going to start next week, like a Halloween, uh, Halloween kills countdown. Cause I cannot wait. That's like the thing I think I was more mad about was, you know, I lost my trip to Scotland, Ireland last year. Like, because of the pandemic. I was like, just please give me Halloween kills. I can like get through another year if you just give me Halloween's kill. They're like, no, we're going to wait till next year. I was like, damn it. I hate you guys. (laughs) I would have paid, I legitimately would have paid $50 like at home rent, to rent that film at home so i could Jesus. watch it. oh yeah I, uh, I for 50 dollars to not from for me not to wait another year to watch that film
0: yeah that's true i mean yeah it's worth
1: my sanity of not
0: I, I guess when you put it that way
1: it'd be like all right you gotta pay 50 dollars. <laughs> you can watch it and the next year you can watch halloween ends i'd be like fuck yes i would pay that i would yeah i would have done it sign me up
0: <laughs> oh oh well <laughs> hell of a hell of an answer. Uh, thank you for the question, totally drunk. Uh, the next, uh, our final question comes from uh, a, a, another fellow friend of ours uh, in the slashing Cast podcast network, uh, the Conjecturing podcast. They ask they're wanting us to take two uh, two iconic Robert Patrick roles. The the amazing actor actor Robert Patrick. Who, who had these two iconic roles, and they want us to have a face-off and see who would win in a fight. Robert Patrick in Terminator 2 as the T-1000, or Robert Patrick in The Faculty as Coach Willis. I'm, against my better judgment, I'm going to go with the T-1000. How about you, JR? Um, What
1: about his character... Um, as Rome, the antagonist against John Cena in The Marine, you wouldn't pick him. <laughs> I forgot about that. As you as as you were talking, I started googling because I remember Robert Patrick in The Marine as well as the TV show um, Scorpion that was on CBS as the. I'm trying to get through it as quickly as possible right now as uh, Agent Cape Gallo. So those are the those are the four roles I remember Robert Patrick in Scorpion um, and then the Marine and then faculty and then t- T2. Um, I know he's done a lot more than that but those are the four I remember specifically. Um, so for I mean on I mean it has to be the T1000 because while he was such an asshole coach In the faculty. And obviously he is. You know essentially possessed. Or taken over. By a parasitic alien. That kind of. Probably gives him a little bit more. Superhuman strength. You know a little bit faster. You know better senses. But as we see in that film. I mean you can kill him with. Fucking salt. I mean. Wasn't it salt? I mean what was fentanyl it was um it was caffeine pills that's what it was because josh hartnett's character was giving them giving people it was basically speed and it was essentially caffeine pills and it you know basically dried out the, the aliens because they needed wa- uh, water that's why they came to earth and so based on that premise i'd be like yeah he would have cut their head and threw a pile of salt on them and they would have died
0: yeah um yeah, with them being able to be beaten, you know, that like that, I'm pretty sure the T1000 would wop the floor.
1: I mean, uh, the thing that always, the one thing with the T1000 that made him so formidable is the fact that he was um, basically like made out of liquid metal that could shape into like any sort of position, you know whether it's turning his body into another person, whether it was turning his hand into basically a a dagger or sword, um, allowing himself to go through, you know, metal bars. Um, You know, he could take, you know, shotgun blasts. I mean, he was so, basically so durable, for lack of a better word. It's just, he made it, you know, until the very end of T2, where he fell into the liquid, um, I, I don't know if it was, liquid metal or if it was magma um whatever that that fire liquid fiery pit at the end was i mean he was just unstoppable and so it was very interesting though the one thing about the faculty because i did enjoy that movie was how that massive alien was that little itty bitty petite little blonde-headed girl it's like how does she go from like this little itty bitty high school teenager to this massive alien when she transforms at the very end?
0: Yeah, that's it's a good question.
1: We should sure, that's a movie we we should review sometime down the road. I I did enjoy oh, that I'm, movie. I'm I am sure I we will. those
0: characters. I'm sure we will, especially since you know you're a professor. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, a uh, a uh, good answer, and uh, uh, thank you for the question. Con- conjecture and podcasts, uh, con- conjecture and podcasts. For those listening who may not know, are uh, are also part of the SlashCast podcast network. I highly recommend checking out their show. They have new episodes that drop uh, every Thursday. Wonderful, w- wonderful show.
1: I, I definitely appreciate all those questions those are very thoughtful and amazing questions um if if you would ask me some of the questions i've been like oh what's your favorite movie but, no but you guys put a lot of thought into it and i really appreciate it and
0: look forward to more questions like that in the future oh yeah i think we had a great question segment for the first for the first one uh if you'd like to ask us a question uh hit us up on twitter at trick-or-treat pod and uh send us a question and We'll give you a shout out in the show and answer it. As long as you keep it horror related, we, you know we want to keep it horror related, like Jr. said in the last episode. Uh, Jr. does not want to give out any any life advice. He does not want to be responsible for any of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want me to, I mean, I'm gonna to have to ask you to sign, you know, a waiver liability because I mean, I can barely keep my shit together. I mean, I don't, I don't want to have, I don't want to have any unfortunate things happen on you because of my advice on my conscience. I got enough. Take, yep. I, as I said, I got to take I got enough skeletons I got to take with me to the grave. I don't take anybody anymore.
0: Exactly. Exactly. We, uh, here on Trigger Trugers podcast, we are not responsible for any bad advice JR may give. Oh, <laughs> uh, I like how you said just me. I only <laughs> give bad advice.
1: Well, Kyle gives great advice, JR gives bad advice. It's probably true, though, to be honest.
0: <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, yeah uh, thanks everybody for the questions uh and um, like i said this will be a a reoccurring segment uh, each week on the pod uh so i you you forward to it but uh we're not here to ask questions or chit chat anymore we're here to talk about a movie and we are talking about grave encounters from 2011 uh this week and it is a canadian found footage horror film uh a little, little, uh, a little interesting tidbit. It was actually filmed. Uh, it only took 10 nights and two days to film the movie. Say that one more time. I said, uh, it was, it only took 10, 10 nights and two days to film the movie. I could tell. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm, let, I'm Already prefa- starting.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna preface this ahead of time um, for our listeners found footage month is going to be a very interesting four weeks because this isn't a genre that I'm a fan of. And yesterday and Kyle can attest to this. I texted him throughout the duration of this movie. I saw this film back to back. And then the first half of the film after the second time I watched it because I like literally for some reason was not connecting to this film. I just didn't understand the whole purpose of this film, the whole purpose of this genre. It's just, I was, the whole handheld footage thing was driving me bonkers. And so it's going to be a very interesting, uh, hopefully fun, entertaining month.
0: Well, well, lucky for you, there's much better stuff on, Uh, on the horizon. So, I I had to start you out with you know I had to start you out slow. I I couldn't give you the best immediately from the from the beginning. But yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Uh, like I said before, film footage isn't something I've always been a big fan of. It's something I kind of grew fond of over the years. And uh, there's quite a few gems in the film footage uh, genre that, that that I really appreciate. So. I always uh, I like revisiting them and talking about them especially here but uh but yeah we're talking about 2011's uh grave encounters uh you heard Jr.'s initial thoughts and and uh i'm I'm a fan of this movie uh it, it's one of the f- first it's one of the first film footage films uh, I felt I really liked to the point where I was like you know and I, I think I need to look more into this genre that, that I thought I hated. But, you know, I understand if it's not for everybody. It's definitely uh, definitely an acquired taste, to say the least. But uh, we won't keep everybody longer. We'll uh, get straight into the movie. Uh, Once again, we're talking about 2011's Grave Encounters. Hit the trailer. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Grave Encounters. Psychiatric hospitals like this were seen as sort of a, a dumping
1: ground for embarrassing family members rather than a place that they could go to actually get help.
0: Many of them were severely disturbed. It's truly frightening.
1: I swear to God that I saw someone right at the end of the hall there. And he swears that, that, that something pushed him off the ladder.
0: So you guys see this window here? Okay. Lock it up real good at night, come back in the morning, sometimes this thing's wide open. Tonight, my crew and I, using the most sophisticated in ghost hunting equipment, we're in search of definitive proof of spirits that were unsettled in life. And possibly unsettled in the afterlife.
1: Is there someone here with us? What the was that? What if this is something real? That- Do you see rolling,
0: huh? Yeah. I'm going to document everything because when we get out that- people are yes. going to want to see this. Matt and Houston are
1: gone. We just need to focus on finding a way out we-
0: ah! What? 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 Ah! There's just something like this. Where are you? Hey, who are you? How come you how
1: come you're in here? Ah! 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 Jesus Christ, what's happening in Why
0: is this happening? <laughs> Do you hear that? Alright. Uh so Grev Encounters was released on June first, twenty eleven. And as I said before, it's a Canadian found footage horror film. It was directed by the Vicious Brothers, written by the Vicious Brothers. It stars Sean Rogerson, Ashley Greasco, Mackenzie Gray, uh, Juan uh, Handinger, Myron um, uh, Mondesir, and Matthew uh, McBride. I actually don't really know any of those uh, people. So it has a. a A runtime of 95 minutes. It had a budget of $120,000, and get this, JR, it grossed $5,408,334, and it even received a sequel.
1: Yeah, you know what? And and again, anything I say is going to be completely biased in the sense of that I just... it This movie just did not appeal to my to me did not appeal to my senses i will go on record and say it's not that i think this is a bad film i just i personally didn't find myself connected to this film so the fact is that they were able to make a little bit of box office money and then it got a sequel is not surprising to me because i i could see how somebody would enjoy this genre especially when you think of the factors of the paranormal activities of the blur Witch projects and there's, you know, many other ones. So I can completely respect that it did, you know, it did make a little bit of money and garnered the sequel.
0: Oh yeah, and the sequel is interesting to say the least. Not as big as a fan of it as as I am the first one, but uh, yeah, uh, we're we'll get straight into it. Uh, so the movie starts off, and we're we're greeted by Jerry. Hartfield, who is the producer of Grave Encounters, which is a ghost, a famous ghost investigation television series. And he explains that Grave Encounters was canceled in 2003 after its fifth episode where the cast and crew, along with footage for episode six, mysteriously went missing. The footage was recovered in 2010 and brought to Hartfield in it. The show's host, Lance Preston, along with occult specialist, Sasha Parker, surveillance operator, Matt White, and the cameraman, T.C. Gibson, and a fake medium, Houston Gray, uh, investigate an abandoned uh, uh, abandoned uh, mental asylum, uh, Collingwood Psychiatric Hospital, where there's been many instances of paranormal activity that's been reported since its closure after the head doctor, Dr. Arthur Friedkin, was charged with inhumane experiments on the patients. So, straight from the start, if you've ever watched the show Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans, I think that's his name, uh, you can tell that this movie is pretty much a spot-on parody of that, that. This is what Grave Encounters, the TV show within the movie, is that they're pretty much Ghost Adventures. The, the host... Lance Preston even is like a more or less great value version of, of Zach Bagans. He is such a
1: cheesy character in this film. Like in the big, especially in the beginning um, you could just tell that he's like really trying to sell, you know, sell what he's doing and really, you know, in relishing the fact that they're going into this um, psychiatric hospital. But I mean, it's this is if I was hosting a reality show about ghosts or the occult, and I was like, Hey, I need you to be, you know, try to be entertaining. I mean, it was like it reminded me of somebody who was trying to do a parody of like David Blaine. Like, I can't, like, it's just something that was like, you want to be like dark and mysterious, but you also want to try to be cool about it. It's just like, I just felt like he was a very, you know, just a very cheesy host. And so, uh, it was, with that said, though, I did think uh, the way he was just like, I started going through the hospital and talking with, we'll eventually see talking to people throughout the beginning of the film. I was just, um, you know, really, like I said, it was really excelling, you know, the episode that we're about to see if this, you know, was a show, Grave Encounters.
0: Yeah, he, uh, so like, the, the, the team led by Lance Preston they go through the hospital and they're talking to like the crew and, and everything that works there who, who are still like, like groundskeepers and just people who keep, who try and, who try and keep it up. uh You know, even though it's closed down, you know, there's still a little stuff here and there. They still have to come in and do and, you know, make sure no one's breaking in and stuff. uh You know, he's going through and he's asking them about, stuff that they if they've seen anything or had any experiences and, and like sure from the start you can tell that these people i don't know they like may have seen something but not but, but they don't really seem that believable and it, it, it's even worse later on uh there's a part where you see a grounds there's a groundskeeper and uh he's he's working and they walk up to him and they ask him if he's ever seen it had any kind of experiences or seen anything paranormal while he's worked there. And he lets them know that he just started. So then they end up saying cut, they give him $20 to lie. And, uh, they go back and the, and the guy like, so have you seen anything paranormal in the 10 years that you've worked here? And the, the guy says the funniest fucking thing. He goes, he literally just looks at the camera, deadpan, no emotion whatsoever. And goes, oh yes, I saw a ghost right over there. It was scary <laughs> yeah, I mean if I'm watching that TV show and I see that I'm probably gonna like fall over with laughter at how fucking fake that that was no it was it was really bad. I mean it was a very
1: stereotypical thing um and it would make me want to change the channel I, I will say though there is one character. Um, as he was, as Lance and the crew was going through and talking, Kenny the caretaker, I, for some reason, he was believable to me. Like the way he was selling the, the psychiatric ward, he was selling, you know, how basically how it was haunted, you know, about how everything about the building, the lights, like not working, how it's going to get dark. Um, there was a segment where they go into a bathroom and he's explaining that they believe that somebody died in this bathtub just like his lack of facial expression and him doing his job as a caretaker and I actually felt that he may have known something like he made me be- like his character actually made me believe that there was something wrong with this place
0: yeah uh, he was a really good he's one of the very few. Uh, decent characters in this movie. There's really not that many great characters in this movie, <laughs> honestly. Uh, the, the girl Sasha, she she she's not bad, but the host, uh, Lance, dude, he, he's a fucking douche, douche canoe and a half. I I can't I couldn't stand him. He, he's basically a parody of the of Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, I'm, but I- just turned turned up to ten. <laughs>
1: And that's what i'm saying like i just felt he was a very cheesy cornball person and yeah um it's just just the way he was trying to upsell everything just i was like yeah like you would be if you're you're trying to be goth and edgy at the same time and trying to be cool like it's like you're trying to be like like a uh like a goth fonzie or
0: something it just wasn't working <laughs> goth fonzie <laughs> that's fucking great love it Uh yeah and so like you know they're going through the, and they're taking footage and everything they're talking to all these people and more or less getting some account real accounts maybe and then they're paying people to say fake shit for, for, for their tv show and then the medium that we see uh we, we see them get told a story where they're in a, a room where uh where there's like a bathtub in the room and the caretaker lets the crew know that had a girl, one of the patients, this girl patient there committed suicide in the, in the tub. And then, then it cuts and we see the medium coming up. And and this guy, he looks, man, he looks like he's seen some shit, but uh, he, uh, he comes out and he's going through the hospital with them. And they're filming him, and he's you know doing this all this fake bullshit of of going, oh, I can I can sense all this e- energy and stuff, and then he literally goes into the room where the tub is, and he goes, oh, I see a girl here, uh, I see the tub, of blood, uh, the the patient took her life in this tub, and then he turns and looks, and then the Lance turns and looks at the camera, and he goes, uh, he goes, oh. He, he 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 goes that's insane because a girl took her life in this very room and it's like okay you guys clearly fucking told him that before he started recording and then after they uh, after he the medium starts doing some other like uh, you know over the top stuff he finally looks as uh, Lance looks at the camera he says cut and then the medium starts busting out laughing and he's like ah oh, was that good enough and so like immediately tells okay well this is a fake TV show.
1: Yeah. And I think for me, when I saw, you know, the beginning of this film, it was such a hard time. It's just like, you know, I always said, don't mess with forces. You don't understand. It's just like, Oh, you're just fucking making a mockery about, you know, haunted places. Like, yeah, you're probably like
0: some shit's going to happen to you that you don't expect. Oh yes. They, they will soon regret Making mockeries of forces they definitely don't need to be fucking with. Uh, so, so after this, you know, they're telling uh, is telling us that basically their plan is that they're going to stay overnight and film and and pretty much go walk through the the hospital and film everything for their for their TV episode. And it's really cool. Before they go in the hospital, you, you, the, 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 there's this main door. You have to go in and it literally like is uh, uh, in green spray paint uh, spray paint. It says death awaits before you you enter and stuff. I thought thought that door looked really neat and uh, it'll come up again later on, which is really awesome scene. Uh, So the crew, you know, they take the day tour of the hospital and then they return later, later that night because they're going to do an overnight, uh, an overnight stay. They hey, uh, they all get in there, and the caretaker uh, lets them know that he'll be back at six a.m. sharp the next morning. So then he locks the door, and essentially, like that's the door. That's the way out. All the the windows are barred, and and stuff. So that's it. There's no other way out. It's just through that door, and he locks them in. At first. Uh, everything seems to be okay. Everything's kind of quiet. But soon after, some strange stuff starts to occur. They start hearing like, you know, your typical odd noises, doors and windows moving by themselves and stuff like that. And then there's even a part where a wheelchair moves on its own, which is really cool. Uh, later on, uh, after just small stuff here and there, they're recording. They're recording in a hall, and there's a part where Sasha has her hair uh, moved by by some kind of invisible entity, and that 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 freaks them the fuck out to the point that they're they've had enough. That they've they've had they've seen enough of it to decide that it's real. And see, the thing is, is that most of these people in this uh, in the show, well, at least the host Lance, he's a skeptical. It turns out he actually doesn't believe in ghosts at all because they've never seen one the entire time they've filmed this, this uh, TV show. And so now he's getting a taste of you know what he's been missing, and he does not want any of it. They actually decided that they're finished filming for the night, and they're just going to go wait by the door for 6 a.m. when the caretaker is going to show up and they can leave and everything. Uh they begin, you know, gathering up everything and taking them back, taking it back down to the room that they started out where they can have everything set. But, uh, Matt, uh, he ends up disappearing cause he's trying to retrieve some cameras. Later on it's, uh, gets past 6 a.m. The, their phones is past 6 a.m the caretaker has not arrived. And weirdly, it's still dark outside. They, you know, th- they get agitated here and there, but, you know, they eventually, you know, said, okay, well, well maybe, maybe, uh, th- uh, I think it's th- the medium guy, he says, okay, maybe it's not 6 a.m. Maybe, you know, th- there's a lot of electrical stuff here in the building, maybe it's fucked with our phones and maybe it's actually uh, earlier than we thought. And so they decided to give it, uh, give us more time to wait. And now, and they end up falling asleep and and, and they wake up. And now it's been hours after 6am when they're supposed to be released. They, you know, they're tired of being there. They're ready to go. I can't blame them. I, I would too. I would, just just going through there in the day. I wouldn't want to stay there by myself ever. But uh, they want to leave, and so they eventually get so agitated uh, and, and looking forward to trying to leave that they end up breaking down the exit door. Oh, and when they do, I love this part. They break down that the exit door, and what do they uh, walk into? Another corridor.
1: So th- this is the one thing I, I was going to say is that in the beginning there is no way you would even, and I don't care how much money I'm making on a TV show that you would pay me to be in a, this building locked with no escape routes. It's just, that's not even possible. But you know, one thing the things we had talked about is messing with forces you don't understand and I think, especially if I'm going to a place that could potentially be haunted, the last thing that I would want is to be in a place where there ain't multiple routes to escape. And so, seeing this, they probably had that, oh, we're screwed.
0: Oh, if I broke down, if me and my friends were here and we were the ones in this show and we broke down that that fucking door and it just led... we open it, breaks it down and we just see another corridor. I'd be freaking the hell out. So, you know, they break down the exit door and then they just realize that it's just another corridor. And they start trying to, they freak out as, as I would. And they only discover that the exits just mysteriously loops back into another hallway and all the exits end up leading to more hallways or just flat-out dead ends. Uh, Lance realizes soon that the sun has not risen and that it's actually still not outside, despite that their cell phones are showing that it's well past time for the sun to be up. So something's seriously fucking off here. The... They all end up, you know freaked out and they're trying to find an alternate exit but they end up you know not having any luck they even go to because they're trying to find an alternate exit but the building is seemingly changing around them it's creating dead ends and even false exits even there's even a part where they're trying to find a staircase they find the staircase and it says you know roof access sign and they, they go up and it's just a fucking wall just dead-end wall there. <laughs> like, no door, nothing. And what's really interesting, there's also, there's a, a, one of the exit doors that, that they that they come on, that they go out. They look back at the end of it, and written on the door is, The Death Awaits from the beginning, showing that they just went through the door they just came out of, and they're just in another endless hall hallway. So, something's up here.
1: My question is, looking at this, and I'm trying to remember, and I, and I know they said that the windows had bars, but did they even attempt to look, try to get through a window?
0: Uh, yeah, after after a little bit of going through the hallways, they get so pissed off and just agitated that they do go upstairs and try and like break down windows.
1: See, and I think... This is the part for me where I started, like losing. i It's we just they. It's like they entered a new dimension through all this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Essentially, basically. And uh, uh, I'll tell you, uh In the sequel, there is an amazing sequence where th- 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 this this different group goes to the hospital and you know they end up getting stuck in and stuff and eventually they end up finding their way out and busting down the door and and leaving getting in a car leaving and like hours later checking into a hotel somewhere down the road and and seemingly getting out right they uh, there's a part where they leave their rooms and go into an elevator and right before they go in the elevator this housekeeper is kind of just giving them this like dead deadpan stare and they're like well that's creepy whatever and the, the elevator shuts and it takes them down and when it opens up guess what they're back in the fucking hospital <laughs> it actually tricks them into thinking that they got out that's like some Shazam type stuff right there yeah that's like okay I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop trying and just 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 accept it at this point I'm just I'm I'm done <laughs> Uh, but yeah the, the, that happens in the sequel so after they the group ends up uh, you know just coming across the dead ends and stuff they just end up just going to sleep I, I don't I, I guess you know I guess if you're tired you go to sleep but they do this a lot during the movie during, during times where I would not be fucking sleeping how, how can they honestly just yeah I'm just going to go to sleep While all this is going on. The only thing I could say for
1: me. Is you hear about. When you're in a situation. Where you have issues with hunger and thirst. The most important thing is to conserve your energy. So while they're being haunted. In a very horrible situation. Is by actually doing more. Is going to result in their death. Happening faster.
0: Yeah yeah, I I guess I see your point there. that then. Uh, so you know, they go to sleep. When they wake back up, they find out that someone or something has scratched hello into Sasha's back. Now, if I wasn't already freaked out, I would definitely be beside myself with fear at this point. after this happens the, uh and i'm sure you like this part jr but uh, uh, anyone who's even if you've never seen the movie you probably know this scene it's a very it, it it's a, a clip that always gets looped into to scary stuff you see on social media and stuff there's a part where so the the group goes and they're looking through their they're trying to find, you know, more exits and stuff. Cause they're freaked out because Sasha, you know, had hello scratching her back and they come into a room and in the room, you can see a young woman in the back in the corner and they go to approach her and she turns around and her face just becomes harmonically distorted. And it's a really fucking terrifying <laughs> scene.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's one of the things is with the handheld footage, and and seeing that it's able to capture like those, I think the effects the way it is is was done pretty good. I gotta give him credit for that. Um, I did it like how they had those type of cuts because with the found footage and seeing that it's raw footage, that it looks real, you know, it looks for. Compared to some of the other effects that you would see,
0: yeah, it was a really good effect. Uh, I'll give them credit. There's some, there is some really good effects in this movie. Uh, after they run into that, Houston, you know the the medium from earlier you know, he's with them and everything. Uh, he ends up being separated and he seemingly gets strangled by this invisible force. And, uh, he falls down and get, and goes to get away and all of a sudden a flash of light like hits him and he gets like thrown, uh, really far away. And then he's, uh, you know, uh, he's seemingly dead. That part was really, really weird to me. I think they could have done that a lot better. Like, I didn't get the whole flash of light thing. That was really fucking weird.
1: Now, it's, as I give them credit for some of their effects, such as, like, those face restoration, there's also other things that have happened, and this is one of them where it doesn't make any sense. And there's another situation further down towards the end of the movie that I want to, like, that'll bring up. But there's some stuff they added that also I'm like, yeah, that, that did not... Make the movie look good.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, obviously, you know, they're freaked out and they're running around uh, once again trying to find an exit. And they end up deciding to go, deciding to rest again. This, this, the crew likes to just randomly sleep in the midst of, you know, horrifying panic. I don't get it, but, uh, you know, do you? The uh, they th- 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 take a nap and the crew awaken and they discover this. I love this part. They discover that they have been fitted with hospital identification bracelets, and each bracelet even have even has uh, has th- her name inscribed on it. J- uh, Jared, imagine if you were put in their situation where you're stuck in this hospital uh in trying to investigate, you know, ghost stuff, you go to sleep, you wake up and all of a sudden you have a hospital bracelet on with your name on it.
1: No, I mean by far that was one of the that was a good touch. I mean cuz you're basically saying like no, like they are officially transported to an alternate dimension where they are with the ghosts of this hospital and they're not going to be patients and I think that was I think that part took the movie up a notch. Um, just It's not even a big deal, but in the grand scheme of things, I think it is a big deal.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely it definitely went up a part uh, after this part. So, you know, after this happens, they obviously freak out because, I mean, who wouldn't freak out after seeing, you know, your name on a hospital bracelet after waking up with no, no explanation of why. Uh, Lance, Sasha, and TC... They end up finding Matt, who we who got who we said ran off earlier, looking for cameras. Uh, they find Matt in a room, and he is wearing a hospital gown, and he appears to be uh, uh, mentally unstable. The something happen, something scares them in the room, and so they go to leave, and they notice uh, TC notices that Matt is kind of staying back in the room. And he's staring at a bathtub that is filled with blood. Remember the bathtub from earlier? And now we're at that. Uh, uh, he try uh, TC tries to pull Matt away, but uh, from the tub, trying to get him, you know, away from the tub. But all of a sudden, a a patient, a girl patient, comes out of the bathtub. And uh, she grabs uh, T, uh, she grabs TC and pulls them in, and then uh, a, a lot of like crazy stuff starts happening. Like the camera gets uh, dropped, and you can hear them say something about uh, dumping over the tub. So you, you hear uh, hear them dump it over, and then you see blood go everywhere. And then uh, the camera gets picked back up, and then you realize they're all freaking out because they dump over the tub where you know this entity just pulled in. TC, but PTC and the NT is no longer there, completely gone. Why'd you think of that, Jared? Did had you expect that a girl would jump out of the tub?
1: I mean, when it was full of blood, it, it kind of, I feel like it alluded to that something was gonna either come out of it or something was gonna drag or, or put him into it, into the tub because of the fact, and with that foreshadowing of they mentioned it very prominently in the beginning of the film.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it was definitely easy to tell that that was going to happen. I liked it, though. I thought it was a pretty neat effect. Uh, So, you know, now TC's gone, and it, 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 they end up uh, running out of the room, and, but they got Matt with them now. Lance and Sasha. They find a elevator, and Lance ends up going alone to find something to wedge the elevator door open because it's uh, it's like shut and they can't get in it. He ends up taking a pop from an from a an, uh, from a hospital gurney. And he actually encounters the demonic patient <laughs> and man, it is insane. Uh, he basically, he walks into a room and you see him look down and he goes, is that a, a it's something in the corner? He goes and checks it out. He goes, is, is that a, is that a tongue? And you see it and you see blood start dripping slowly. And he looks up and in that, this like demonic patient is just in the corner of the wall. Uh, you know, and, and obviously jumps down and he uh, he he runs out. But I, that was a nice little uh, scary scene.
1: Yeah, I mean, this I feel like there was kind of a lull. And as we're getting towards the end, of this film is starting to pick up with some. More excitement in and, and the fright.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. The The first bit of it was a little bit of a slow burn, but then once they reach the morning time where they're supposed to leave and then they realize that they're stuck there, it really picks up. So after, you know, Lance, encounters the demonic patient, you know, he obviously panics and flees. He goes back, he gets back to the elevator where, you know, it's where Sasha and Matt are and he pries the elevator door open with the, with the thing he found. And he ends up getting attacked by the patient from earlier as, as well. But Sasha ends up rescuing him, and they end up like, uh, uh shutting, shutting a door on the patient and, and holding it back. So it's where he can't get, he can't get him, Well, while this is happening, Matt is just kind of looking. Uh, slowly, it grabs the camera, and he's looking down the elevator shaft, and then he ends up just, just jumping, and so so Matt's dead now. They, uh, you know, they obviously uh, can't find Matt after they end up getting the door shut. And they run over and they realize that he just, he jumped from the elevator shaft and they end up finding his body. And they climb down. Uh They had to climb down to the shaft and everything. And they end up are now in the tunnels that are below the hospital. So the hospital has like these connecting service tunnels between each building. And honestly, I would never want to be down these tunnels. These tunnels just look terrifying anyway. No, I mean, these
1: tunnels, I mean, it looks like a boiler room tunnel. Like it's basically seemed, it reminds me of parts of Friday the 13th excuse me, not Friday the 13th nightmare on elm street it's like you have yeah it, oh yeah 100 yeah and you have nowhere to go
0: yeah but you know they're still hell bent on trying to find a way out they still think they can get out. they they still think that they can get out uh you know they're down the elevator they're down in the in the tunnels now Sasha ends up becoming violently ill, and she starts coughing up blood. And then, so, uh, Sasha and Lance end up stopping to rest. And, you know, once again, they they go to sleep. It's All these people do is go to fucking sleep. (laughs) Even though, like, you know, clearly this is not places you need to stop and take a rest. (laughs) You're just going to, I'm just going to take a nap. It'll be fine. The ghosts and demons will are going to be, you know, are going to be team players and not attack me while I'm sleeping. Uh, While they're, they're resting, you see, like, the camera, you see, like, Lance and Sasha propped up on a wall, and, you know, they're resting. All of a sudden, you start noticing this strange, like, mist suddenly start appearing, and it ends up, like, just taking up all of the room, and when it finally, uh, finally goes away, Sasha's gone. Now, seemingly disappeared into the mist, and so now Lance is alone. See,
1: and this is the part I was referring to earlier. Is th- this scene, this like effect? I just thought was really cheesy and like just terrible, and wasn't needed. I get, I get the point of it was to get lance alone and i understand i just felt there was a better way for that to happen
0: yeah they they could have done so much better than just having a a mist make her disappear they could have they could have done so much more of this but this is what they did uh so you know sasha has gone now lance it's just lance lance is the only one left now uh lance ends up uh he just starts wandering down the the endless tunnels as and he's doing this, his his mental health is just spiraling downward. He's just, you know, I, I mean, it's pretty much expected at this point. Uh, he even is beginning to start to feed off of rats to survive. Really, that, really terrifying. That I, was I a very crazy scene. scene. He, you yeah. know, he
1: has a, essentially um, like a piece of rebar. It looked like, uh, you know, a yeah. hype. And you see just a rat, and they did a pretty good cutaway, because, I mean, between a live rat and a, um, a prop, but, I mean, he freaking just cracks this rat and just starts going to town on this rat, like, it's a freaking bag of Skittles in it or something, like, yeah, this was a pretty gruesome, but you know, that's one of the things is, I mean, he's, you figure how much time he's been down there, lack of star, you know, starvation, dehydration makes a sane man go crazy. And he's definitely, you know, crossed that line. Yeah.
0: On top of everything else, he's witnessed. Uh, so, you know, he's feeding off rats, he's trying to survive, and he's just, he's losing it. Uh, eventually, Lance ends up encountering a door that just seemingly appears out of nowhere and this door ends up leading to uh dr friedkins the you know the doctor from the beginning of the movie that uh ended up uh getting you know charged for for putting uh, inhumane experiments on his patients and was supposedly killed by his patients uh, uh he finds his legendary secret operating room, and there he ends up finding evidence of satanic rituals and black magic being performed on the patients. Lance ends up finding a small sacrificial altar on the floor, and then he is actually attacked by the ghost of Dr. Uh, 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 Freakin, who ends up dragging him away as he screams As before the camera cuts out. The camera then turns back on and we see Lance alive and he is implied to have been hypnotized by Friedkin. He states to the camera, he says, I'm all better now. I can finally go home. And then he, uh, follows that up with his, uh, his, his outro for the, his show, Grave Encounters. He says, for Grave Encounters, Lance Preston signing off and then the screen cuts to black, and that is the movie. What's your... What's your closing thoughts on this film, Jr?
1: I mean, like I said, it's... My opinion is very skewed, and one of the things I forgot to mention is in all this, the one thing I thought about probably halfway through the film. And I was like, wait a minute. If it was me and I was in a position, uh, in their position being stuck in here, the f- why the fuck am I carrying this camera? And immediately just soured me on the whole concept of found footage. Cause I was like, if I was not like, there would be no recordings. Cause the first thing I would do is throw that camera down and start like doing stuff. Like I would not be carrying this camera through this whole, you know, Throughout this whole situation I'm facing, so, um, like I said, unfortunately, I mean I don't even want to give it a, a rating myself because I feel like it would be really biased <laughs> and unfair. Um, because wow. I, I just I don't think it's a I I can't honestly say I think it's a bad movie. I think my opinion of it is bad, that I think it's bad, but it's not a fair assessment because I have a skewed opinion of this genre. So, I do like I said I. I did like a minor character that was the caretaker i just thought that the way he described the building the situation of the building uh the scenery i thought was very well done um i mean i i did like some of the effects of the demon possession of it i could understand the like essentially they got transported to an alternate dimension with these demons. Because that's what it was. It was like to me, it was alternate dimension with these demons, Dr. Freaking. Um it's just like I said, I, I just I don't feel like I would give a fair assessment compared to you who understands this genre more than me.
0: Yeah, uh I, I respect it. Uh yeah, if you're not a fan. It, Yes, I uh, like that you said that you were wondering, you know, why was he carrying a camera the whole time? That's the thing with found footage. You've really got to suspend some belief here and there because, you, you know, I obviously mean, the movie has to be filmed from a camera perspective. So,
1: And to be fair, yeah. I mean, in the horror genre, we're talking about zombies and werewolves and mummies and vampires. I mean, there has, you know, we, we always suspend belief as, um it's just yeah it's, like I said it's just I, I have very mixed feelings about it and I I don't if it's a bad movie I, I, I would say it's a bad movie. I mean we've we fucking said about you know evil we talked about Black Christmas um, I just I just don't think it's a fair my opinion of it is too skewed to give a fair assessment of it. It's something that I probably wouldn't watch again um, just because of my personal opinion but I definitely could see how somebody would enjoy this and have fun with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I, I appreciate you, uh, uh, you know, realizing that you, you can give a fair assessment to it because, um, <laughs> because of that. So, you know, I respect that. Uh, on the other hand, I, I am a, a, I have grown to be a fan of the film footage genre, and this is a film... And I do I do like it. You know, it's not perfect. It has a lot of faults here and there. Uh, definitely character wise, there's a lot of terrible characters. You really just don't really care about a lot of these characters at all. There's some cool effects here and there. And then there's some really bad stuff here in, uh, as well. But overall, I do really like this film, and I, I love I love the whole uh, aspect of them. Thinking they're leaving, and then they're just being stuck in the hospital with no way out, and seemingly becoming patients of the hospital. Uh, for me, I, I, and I don't. I guess we'll do video cameras for this. Uh, I would go with. me I'd rate this about about three out of five video cameras I'd say it, you know it's not the best found footage movie but it's pretty it's pretty decent uh, it, it's one that I've watched quite a few times over the years But yeah uh I definitely say if you're a fan of, of found footage and you haven't seen this uh, definitely give it a him to try it even even just once just there's some really cool effects and scenes in this that I definitely recommend you you check out but yeah uh, that was uh, Grave Encounters from 2011 any uh, closing thoughts JR before we wrap this up
1: you know I'm just I'm looking forward to some of our next ones we have um, you know I re- One that I know it's coming down the pike soon is Paranormal Activity. That is one that I did enjoy. Um, I actually watched that film during college when I was taking a a film course and really understood a lot of the uh, sound effects and how it really could make a movie, which is one of the reasons why I've, I've always thought Halloween was such a great film was because of the score and the sound effects of it. So I'm looking forward to that. Another one that really like kind of put it on the map and I'll be honest, I've never seen it because everybody I talked to is one person and be like, that was a great movie. And I talked to a person and be like that movie was the shits is the Blair witch pro- project. So I never saw it and I'm excited. It's on, it's up for us to look at because, Oh yeah. For 20 years, like I said, I've heard, both ends of the spectrum about how this was a great film, how this was a horrible film. And so I just, I never got around to watch it because it wasn't typically film. Um, But I mean, from a, there is a lot of things in, I would say in this genre that you could look at from both a technical, especially in the technical side, if you're uh, as we say, when I was in theater, a techie from either, you know, the filming of it or the, sound aspect of it that really makes this type of film technique um very unique and in some ways if it's done correctly extremely successful i mean while grave encounters you know it didn't you know go gangbusters at the box office but for a six-figure budget it made seven figures and you know very well into the seven figures and that's you know that's very respectable and some of the films we're gonna cover on a six figure budget made well into the eight figures. And so that, like I said, depending on how the film's done, you can you know, it could be very successful and people love it.
0: Oh yeah. Uh the next film we're talking about uh next week is Paranormal Activity and you know You mentioned uh, some of these films be very successful. If I'm not mistaken, Paranormal Activity still holds a a record for how much money it made.
1: Yeah, I mean, and not only it... Not just the first one, but, I mean, going into the sequels, I mean, it really... I mean, it had a big following. I mean, I, I saw the first three... But I know, I believe there's six or maybe even coming soon, seven. But I mean, the whole genre, excuse me, the whole um, film series of paranormal activities, I mean, for approximately 30, $30 million combined, and trust me, the first one is nowhere near $30 million. It's not even a significant percentage of $30 million as far as the budget. But as the films combine it is close to a $900 million box office. I mean, it is a very successful film franchise, especially the first three.
0: Oh yeah, it's a hell of a hell of a franchise, especially a f- uh, money wise did <laughs> it did wonderful. Uh, and it's insane that uh, it, it also comes down to uh, the marketing the marketing for some of these found footage films are really, really, really good. And we'll talk more on that when we get to them. But, uh, that will wrap up today. Uh, this week's episode on grave encounters, uh, for anyone listening who may be interested in listening to other podcasts as well. Uh, I have three others I I currently do. I I, I literally just added a new podcast that I'm going to start doing uh, uh, just today. But luckily for me, this next podcast is bi-weekly. It means we only release episodes every other week instead of every week because no way in hell could I do four podcasts every week. I already do three weekly, and that's enough for me. (laughs) Uh, But me and my friend Teddy – who you may who you you may know uh, if you listen to our uh, show, he's been uh, Teddy's, Teddy's been on uh, an episode beforehand. He was on our our episode on the Banana Splits movie. We just started a, a podcast and recorded our first episode today, and it is called uh, "From From Beyond the Crypt," uh, and it is a podcast all about creepypastas, cryptids, and urban legends, and I am. I'm excited to start that with Teddy. You can check us if you want to uh, f- check us out. You can follow us on Twitter at at f b t c podcasts on Twitter. If you are a wrestling fan, I have two other wrestling podcasts I do also weekly. Uh, one with my our editor and my awesome friend Carmen and our uh, our our uh, great friend uh, Davis we do a a TNA podcast because me and Davis never watched TNA wrestling when, when it was on back in the day. So we're going back and watching TNA uh, seemingly from, from the beginning. We skip around here and there, but it's, it's been a really fun start to that. You can check us out. We drop episodes every Tuesday, uh, every Tuesday. We're the total nonstop analysis podcast. And as, and as I'm also, as uh, you know, me and Jar are, are uh, big wrestling fans. Uh, we're both fans of the wrestling company uh, All Elite Wrestling or, or AEW. Uh, I have an AEW podcast called all, the uh, called All Elite Hour, and it's a weekly podcast. You can uh, find us on all all uh, all podcast platforms. Just search All Elite Hour. And if you just want to keep up with with me in general, uh, I'm on Twitter at Kyle S Prescott. How About you, JR. You, you, you got anything you want to plug?
1: I just, I'm really excited about your new podcast. Um, especially because when you decide to get to the subject of the either La Llorona or the Chupacabra growing up in a Mexican household, those are two of the things you scared you were or you were scared of the most, followed by El Cucuy. So I'm excited because you have no choice but to allow me to be a guest when you cover one of those three topics. So it's gonna be fun. Urban legends are such a great thing to cover. It's because you hear oh, about yeah. it for so long. So I know we we focus on films. We've always talked about it in urban legends. We just but we've always focused on on films. Um, so knowing that you're doing one is exciting because it's a topic I don't think you can ever get enough of because they're so. I just think it directly impacts everybody. Uh, In some way or fashion, in any community you grew up in, in any nation, there is some sort of urban legend that you've heard about as a child. And like I said, that was, you know, for us, that was three of them, you know, La Llorona, El Cucuy, and, you know, Chupacabra. And I remember, you know, growing up and especially once, you know, once I'm revisiting Mexico and hearing about, you know, Chupacabra, I was like, that was not an easy night's sleep. I can tell you that, that, I mean, it messed with your mind, your with your psyche. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. So I look forward to it and I'm happy for you because I think that's a lot of things that people, we do this for the love and fun of it, of podcasting. You know, we don't make any money off this. I said it earlier in our episode, but there's also a lot of work that goes into it. So whether it's watching films, taking notes of films, and then recording, and then on the back end, after we're done recording, because I'm not good with technical stuff, either you or Carmen as the technical side, then goes into editing and then uploading it. I mean, that's just for one show, let alone doing now you have three a week, and every other week we'll have four. So, I mean, it's a lot of time consuming, but we do it because we're fans and we love it and we have a passion for it. I think, um, That's not said enough about content creators out there. I mean, for every person that is, you know, of the caliber or someone like a multi million dollar deal with Spotify or that has sponsorships, it's just, it's you and I and our network and, you know, and the love of it. And I think that's just, I've always amazed because we have so many great friends that do it because they love to do it. And that's where it ends and stops at. So I'm, I'm so happy for you and I just love continuing doing our podcasting together.
0: Much, much appreciated words there, JR. And right back at you on everything you said, hell of a way to close the show. As always, you always have wonderful, either wonderful intros or, or outros all the time. Uh, But yeah, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, We appreciate the support, whether you're a new listener or you've been with us from the beginning. Uh, It means so much to us and we appreciate it. Uh, Next week, we'll be talking about paranormal activity for anyone who may want to do any homework before that episode drops. And uh, thanks to our editor, my good friend, Carmen Childers. Uh, It always makes us sound... Sound amazing! It does it does a wonderful job with everything. You can, like I said, you can find him on Twitter at Carmen Elm Childers uh, on Twitter, and he is part of, part of uh, Carbon Childersavtech dot uh, You can go buy merch from him. I highly recommend it. And uh, shout out to everyone on the SlashCast podcast uh, network. Uh, you're all wonderful, amazing people, and we appreciate being uh, being a part of it. But yeah, uh, everybody, uh, thanks for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful night, morning, afternoon, wherever it is, time, whatever time frame it is that you're listening to this. And with that being said, it has come time to uh, bid you adieu. Good night. Goodbye. Stay creepy. But don't be a creep. Bang.